0: Hello everyone, I am Jose Betancourt, and this is My Life with TBI, also known as Traumatic Brain Injury. My wife recommended that I talk on my podcast about my daily life and the past year. It's been a little, just a bit over a year since I've uh, been diagnosed with it and since my accident and uh, as I said it before. In several podcasts. Uh, there are parts of the year that I don't remember. And so throughout the year, I've been doing re- uh, therapy. I've been uh, seeing uh, a counselor. I guess you can call her a psychiatrist, but she calls herself a behavioral counselor. And of course, with The fact that I have a government job, I've been dealing with the legal side where my job wants to terminate me and their lawyers want to, of course, stop paying for my medical. So, and this is nothing new with any uh, corporation. I mean, this is just the part of uh, the workforce that is really cold and really heartless. So basically, whenever I see the doctor for the insurance company that is paying my salary, well, part of my salary, uh, I have to attend a medical exam where the doctor isn't really checking me, really isn't paying attention to any of the things that are wrong with me, and the appointment is uh, run and gun. You know, do this, do that. All right, thank you. You're done. Go. So, yeah, when when you're dealing with uh, mental issues and you're dealing with, uh, let's say, in my case, not only mental, but depth of perception, uh, things with light, uh, situations with light and sight, um, all that can be a little overwhelming. So, for example, last week I had to attend a virtual hearing for uh, for the workers' compensation for my job, and I got to listen in on their lawyer. Um, surprisingly, it wasn't it wasn't a long hearing, and there really wasn't any uh, back and forth banter between my attorney and their attorney. But just the stress of dealing with that, hearing that they did not want to put depression as part of, uh, basically their lawyer, from the way it seemed, did not want to accept the fact that the injury has caused depression. So, that kind of ticked me off, but I'm not surprised. But afterwards, it was just so much to listen to, like a 20-minute conversation between an, a, two attorneys and a judge. It was like system overload. As soon as it was done, I went right to bed. Now, now this was noon, and I was mentally overloaded. Now, it just so happens that last week, also, I was creating a lot of content. And for those that are just listening to this podcast or listening to me as a whole, I've been podcasting for over 15 years. And I've been creating content throughout those 15 years on a consistent basis. And last week, I created more content than I usually do. And... It took me out of commission. Uh, And now, it's not because I did it throughout the week. There was one specific day, I believe it was Friday, where I went to therapy, cognitive therapy, and then I created three videos. So that wore me out. I mean, it took me out of commission for two days, to the point where yesterday, Sunday, at about 7 p.m., I was knocked out. Like the stress of Friday, from Friday, and the hearing. That all built up to the point where on Sunday, my, my mind said, you know what, it's time to take a rest. So whenever I do cognitive therapy or vision therapy, I come home and I'm ready for a nap. It, it is um, frustrating because there are times where, because I've been doing video content, audio content, gaming content, I've, been, I've always been a creator. I do photography as well. And I have all these ideas that I want to take care of. And now that I have the time, because I'm home and I'm still recovering, I feel like I should be taking advantage of that time. But then all of a sudden, I have to go to bed because I just cannot stay awake. And sometimes I fight it. And when I do fight it, that's when the right side of my face starts hurting, my eye starts hurting, my head. And so I I realize that I just need to listen to my body and just do what it says. And that's really tough. It might sound easy, but I'm 48. So, for 48 years, I've been accustomed to doing something uh, specific. And not only that, I've grown accustomed, just like everyone else, going outside on a bright, sunny day and enjoying the bright sun, specifically with photography. Because when you have really, really harsh lighting, and I like to shoot in black and white, that's when you get really contrasty black-and-white scenes. I can't enjoy that like I used to. Even when the sun is beaming from the outside into my living room, it's annoying. And if I look directly into that harsh light, then I'm done for about half a day, if not longer. So little things that most of us take advantage of, are now a challenge. They they are things that you should not think about ever, like looking really fast from one side to the other. I can't do that without getting dizzy or without my eyes hurting. Looking to the far left or the far right with my eyes and keeping them there, I can't do that right now without feeling pain and getting disoriented. So the little things in life that a lot of us take for granted, that you don't even think about, you naturally and instinctively look with your eyes comfortably, and you don't think twice about it. With me, I have to think twice. We went to Costco, my wife and I, and there was so much data that my brain was trying to input or to gather that I literally stood in the middle of an aisle because the aisles are enormous and it's packed with stuff. And I was dizzy. I was holding onto the cart, leaning forward, and I was staring at a box of hot dogs. <laughs> and I don't know why I was staring at the box of hot dogs, but because maybe it was because, uh, because it was Stationary, and it was something that I can look at that was still because everything I felt sick, I felt nauseous, and I was lost like, literally, I felt lost. And then my wife pops out of nowhere and she goes, Are you okay? And I'm like, No, so she tells me, You know, stand to the side and she'll walk around and bring the stuff. And I'm like, No, I can't, I can't just stand still, I gotta move. I'll just look at the cart instead of looking all over the place because from what my therapist tells me, my vision therapist tells me is that, and the, and, and the, the neurologist, they tell me that in a, in a place like the supermarket, when you're going down the aisle, your vision or your, your, your eyes are, well, your brain is processing everything at once instead of focusing uh, on what's ahead. So, for example, picture yourself walking down an aisle. uh, Okay, picture yourself going down the cereal aisle. Now, either you know what cereal you want, and you go specifically to that cereal, or you just happen to walk through the aisle. The boxes are colorful, they're big, Bright. So if you were walking down that aisle and walking straight and looking straight down the aisle, all you would focus on is what is in front of you or whatever you, your eyes go to. For me, my brain is focusing on everything on the left, the right, and in front and trying to gather all this information at once and and this is all while I'm trying to look forward. So if I don't look directly into my cart or look at something that is stationary and I concentrate 100% on that specific item as I'm walking towards it, then once you know if I don't focus, if my eyes shift just a little bit, everything goes crazy because now I'm seeing everything. So the brain has a way of focusing on what's important and not focusing on what's not important. So think of the foreground, something in the foreground, something in the background, but you're looking exactly at what you want to focus on. For me, I'm I'm seeing the foreground, the subject, and the background. And so driving's a challenge. I found out that... If it's raining really hard, and the wipers aren't fast enough, if they let the water build up on the windshield, my eyes will focus on the, the, the drops on the windshield and try to focus on the road at the same time, and I got dizzy. Good thing the wiper uh, cleaned it off just in time before everything went haywire, and so I sped the, the, the wiper really quick and I was able to concentrate on the road. But I found it out the hard way. Thankfully, I was at a stop sign, and I was able to recover in in time. But one of my biggest fears is that eventually they're gonna tell me not to drive if I don't get better. But at least now I know that I need to really uh, be aware of the weather. So we don't drive too much, which is good. But those little things, those little things that a lot of us take for granted that we can do naturally and with ease, without thinking twice. Now I have to think about those things, and that is very frustrating. So, yeah, uh, I wanted, I wanna I'm gonna try to do my best to do these on a regular basis. I know I repeat myself a lot, and that's part of uh, the whole process. The whole uh, the injury it's uh, forgetting things as I'm talking uh, like I'm doing right now <laughs> um, yeah I want to I want to I want to try to do this I want to maybe maybe just maybe talk with other people who are going through something similar I did join a Facebook group for uh victims of uh, traumatic brain injuries and the stories I read wow they're really heartwarming and, and 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 I feel for the for the people who write these stories because some of them are writing stories about their children who are going through issues a lot worse than me because of car accidents uh, some women have, Told us stories about spousal uh, spousal abuse, or or not even spouses, their boyfriends, and that's how they got their TBI, and it's saddening, and and uh, and at the same time, it's it's brave of these people to share their stories, and it helps, it helps me, and I'm sure it helps everyone else who's reading these stories because. A lot of times, and I've mentioned this in a few podcasts, you feel alone. You feel like no one else is dealing with this and that you're the one faking it. And because you look normal, you don't have a, a, a visual scar or any type of visual evidence that there's something wrong. You feel like, okay, nobody believes me and they have every right to because I don't have anything that proves to them that I'm doing something wrong. And that's not the case. Obviously. So I need to be around people be it through Facebook that are dealing with this because it helps me. It helps me to see that I'm not alone and and to have a support group. So hopefully if you're listening to this and you happen to, to have TBI you know reach out to me. Reach out to me. And maybe I'll have people on. Maybe I can share some stories. Maybe we can talk. Whatever I can do to help, I, I, I'm willing to do it. Because that's the best, one of the best things I've discovered uh, that is really beneficial to, to people like us uh, who are dealing with this is that we need people around us who understand what's going on. And, and it helps. It helps with, uh, with the emotional side. It really does. So, I am Jose Betancourt. I thank you for listening to my episode. And I will talk to you later.